Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's coming up, Simpsons. Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by Greasy Joe's Bottomless Barbecue Pit. Mmm, mm, I can still taste the sauce between my fingers. <laughs> We're also brought to you by the movie Space Mutants Part 5. We're also brought to you by Laramie High Tars. I had to really go digging for some sponsors this time. But Thank you so much. They're pretty good. And we're, we're also brought to you by the Springfield Revolving Restaurant. I mean, food tastes better when you're revolving. It absolutely does, Julia. We're, of course, talking about the episode Principal Charming. It is the 14th episode of The Simpsons' second season. It originally aired on February 14th, 1991. Oh, my God. That's Valentine's Day. That is so sweet. There's a reason. And, um, like, just a month before I came out. So that's great. <laughs> before that's... I debuted. Wow, that's so weird. That's written down here, too. Allie. Thank uh... you. I added all the Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, people, you say that people will believe it. Um, <laughs> this episode was directed by Mark Kirkland. It was written by David Stern, and the showrunners at the time were James L. Brooks, Matt Groening, and Sam Simon. Have you heard of them? Have you? <laughs> um, I'm so excited. I always get excited to talk about a season two episode because it feels like a rare treat. Yeah, season two is amazing. And really quickly, we'll we'll go into all of this. But I had the distinct pleasure of recently going to lunch with David Stern uh, of Simpsons fame. Oh my goodness! It was a crazy thing. He wrote an email to Mad Mag saying that he wanted to pitch some stuff. We're trying to get a lot of Simpsons people to kind of do some mad stuff with us, obviously, because mm-hmm. you know, why would you not? Yeah. And um, my boss was sent me an email. I was just like, do you know who David Stern is? Do you want to get lunch with him? He wrote some Simpsons episodes. So it was like... Some he wrote like all of the best like emotionally like heavy he wrote his first episode was like Bart gets an F oh he my like God, yeah. he wrote so many good like emotionally like charged episodes and he was the person who was like the most interested in like bringing um, like Patty and Selma some depth and like yeah. really bringing them like going outside of the family and like getting to that like you know just bring, bringing the world to this bigger place and it's so cool and he totally just gets it and it was so That's fun amazing. Oh, and I felt bad because of course when you meet someone like that. Um, you don't want to like annoy them by talking about how great their work is but yeah. but as we have found through this podcast Simpsons writers uh, tend to be the nicest people on planet earth and this was no exception yeah you could fully Chris Farley show them and they would appreciate it they'd be <laughs> remember like remember that one time they're like I'm I, you're not looking at your phone as you're reciting this I'm pretty impressed exactly well you know what let's just jump into it uh, I really want to introduce our guest because I'm so excited you know her from Maximum Fun Show Switchblade Sisters and Who Shot Ya Please welcome to the show, April Wolf. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, we are very excited to have you. <clears throat> I'm I'm sorry that I'm loopy, but I swear I'm going to keep it together. Do you want to explain why you're loopy? Oh, I've been sick for three weeks straight. Oh, oh my God. No. And a shout out to that guy who sat behind me at the blockers screening at South by Southwest. <laughs> I am coming for you. <laughs> Is he the uh, you one heard that it here first. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know uh, that loopy. moment when you have to just like, oh my god, like you feel it, and you're <laughs> like, that's the guy. Like you know exactly. I was in a similar situation a couple weeks ago where it was, um, we were, I think it was a movie theater or something, but like a, a young girl who was so insanely sick. Like, I'm sorry to gross you guys out for this hot Try minute. Me. Please do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she got into a habit of. Every time she sneezed or coughed, she'd immediately wipe her hair. Immediately. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And but it, here's a here's the plus side to it. It bonded me with everyone within the radius of her to give mm. her the side eye. Isn't it nice to hate the same things? I, you <laughs> hey. brought it home. But yeah, I had a similar thing. Oh. I'm so sorry. Um, so, you know, we always like to ask our guests why they picked this episode in particular. Um, so we'll start there. But then I'm also curious in terms of uh, kind of bringing it back to the podcast you do, what genre of episode you would say this fits into in terms of like, if you could give us an analysis of this episode, we could get to it at the end. But just, you know, we want to kind of tie our podcast together. But let's start out. What about this episode really speaks to you? Oh, God, it's so emotional. I know. And I think, like, I'm I'm the person who, like, I will watch the most hilarious movie, and people are like, what do you like about it? I'm like, there's this one part that just made me so sad. <laughs> and, like, that's, that's the kind of thing that I love in comedy is just, yeah. like, really kind of, um, like, deep emotions, things about, like, love and yearning and mm-hmm. loss. And there's, like, 
all of this here and it doesn't get too cheesy, but it's just there. And I I just I love everything that David Stern had written for that show. So, of course, I had to choose like a really kind of romantic but gothic-y kind of thing. I love it. It's so vulnerable, but also bold for not only like a primetime show, but an animated show on top of that to have a whole episode be about this like heartbreaking yearning for love and appreciation. Of two characters that are not in the immediate family. I know. It's truly shocking. The only show that ever comes close to that really like prior to this is like, you know, you'd get some Cheers stuff, but it wouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd have like uh, Woody and his girlfriend who like are overeating and that's like, that's like two (laughs) minutes of an episode. It's never an A story, yeah. It's never an A story. It's like a D story. Yeah, and, like, you still get the little peppery Simpsons family checking in, but, like, sorry. It's a bit bit peppery for me. (laughs) I can no longer hear that word without saying it like that. um, Yeah, no, I get what you mean. uh, It's so impressive. I was so happy you picked this. This For a second season, too, because this is a show that didn't really know that they were going to go on for this many seasons. So putting it in your second season is, like, pretty brave, where you're like, no, no. Now we're going to make, like, these 40-year-old single women, (laughs) like, the focus of this. And it will be, you know, like, this... like that's that's a, such a bold move to mm-hmm. do for your second season. And also the fact that like the first and second seasons are so dramatically different in just like tone and the kind of stories that they were going after. Mm-hmm. So out of the gate, second season, here we are. And I can only attribute it to it was the Wild West, as they say. And like, yeah, they I think had a sense of we could be canceled any day. So why not be canceled on a high note? Which yeah. I feel like is the spirit of early Simpsons. Yes. And mm-hmm. I I mean, this episode specifically, I remembered all of the film um, uh, homages that they have in it. Like that really spoke to me as well. Yeah. And that's something where like they just kind of went all out on it. They're just, yeah, sure. We'll put in, you know, Hunchback right. and Notre Dame. We'll put in Vertigo. We'll put in all of these films and we'll just see what works out. You I know? love the Vertigo one. Me too. And like they do, like it really just has that sincere feeling of that movie like they without it being like two one-to-one like without it like without it being like a family guy type parody like mm-hmm. it's like just you're living in it you know the the, the difference between wearing like a radioactive man mask versus like you know yeah. you guys get it but mm-hmm. yeah I, I just love I love that they do it and like go hard like mm-hmm. really really hard but uh, we'll get into all those specifics because this is such a jam-packed episode but first let's get that Wikipedia Ooh, I almost forgot the thing that I do on this show. <laughs> um, so for people that haven't watched this episode in a while, we like to catch them up with a synopsis uh, straight from Wikipedia's in the episode. Marge's sister Selma is looking for a husband, so Marge orders Homer to help her find one. Things go wrong, however, <laughs> when Homer invites Principal Skinner over for dinner and Skinner instead falls for Selma's twin sister, Patty. That's about it. Yeah, cover. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. <laughs> it's all in the execution. Yes. Yeah, the nuance is not present in mm-hmm. the synopsis. Uh, so we kick off this episode um, in like a very cute way. Like it, I don't know how to describe the feeling of watching a season two episode aside from just like it's the it's, cozy warm uh, yeah, feeling. It's like it's so different from <laughs> it's so different from the episodes that we are used to discussing um, in bulk. Like you know, yeah. we do obviously have people that love season two episodes, but th- we're not predominantly going from season one and season two. We're mostly talking about like four through eight, and you know, so it's it's nice to kind of go back to the slower pace yeah. where it's you know you kind of get to live in all the moments, mm-hmm. and I just love a, a very uh, rib. Uh, sauce covered Barney. <laughs> Me too. I just like him being a slob before he got his act together and he got sober. I just like him being his true self. Yeah, and um, you know, really quickly, a shout out to Jordan Morris, who was on our show very recently, um, told us he loves when Simpsons characters wear different outfits. <laughs> so this would be an episode for him because we start off with Marge and her little workout outfit. I know. Which That's is so cute. My first <laughs> note. I really love the way that she's animated in that moment and I love that she's working, I mean, it's she's doing full jazzercise which was the style at the time (laughs) and she's you know like moving her legs in a really fun way um i also off of that before we get into like the details of the episode um season two you're totally right Allie, with it being like sort of slower paced but i i really enjoyed
enjoyed like sort of living in the moments and living in the scenes instead of it being as zippy and like joke heavy. I feel like that's the big distinguishing feature between early seasons and later seasons. Yeah, definitely. Um, it is kind of weird to, to think about because a lot of people really don't give these seasons the credit they deserve. Um, obviously, April's is a very smart and knowledgeable woman and chose an episode that obviously. is obviously. <laughs> Yes, you, I think it's. I think it is very telling to pick an episode that is like this, as opposed to like, well, like you know, where every single second is perfect jokes. Like that. Yeah. That of course is the most amazing thing you've ever seen. But there's, it's, it's, a, it's equally amazing, just in different ways. It's really charming. Hey, <laughs> principal charming. <laughs> uh, swish, I'm gone. How'd you do that? I finished this <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> where'd you go? Um, uh, yeah, like the these these seasons are kind of like um, I don't know the texture of them feel a little bit like crummier in a way that you're like oh they're still f- trying to figure it out you know <laughs> well for example like and we'll get there but like um, there are all, it's always fun to see the little differences that they haven't figured out like Willie has a very weird voice in this episode yeah. I'm not sure if you guys well I did a little bit of research and Dan Castellaneta who does the voice of Willie of course because um, he does eighty percent of the show <laughs> um, he that was like I think a third try for what Willie's voice was gonna be I think the first one was um, um, a Hispanic voice, which okay. everybody agreed was very racist. Um, <laughs> and then he apparently tried like a goofy Swedish voice and then landed on Willie the Scotsman. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I love it. Goofy Swedish voice, though. For <laughs> right, so what was that Swedish Chef? I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird that that's the first the first look at. Groundskeeper I, Willie, though. There's like, a lot that's of first looks in this episode. Was it uh, Molman, dude? Hans, Hans Molman. Hans yeah. Molman. I almost called him Hans Molman, <laughs> which is a different character entirely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Hans is like a very uh, deep yellow in this. Like he's kind yeah. of a, a, a burnt to a crisp version of himself. And he's got, it's like his Molman like lip is like really withered and like just really gross like he the way he speaks it's like he's he's full muppet whereas everybody else is kind of more human in this world yeah totally and so you know just to to go chronologically because hans is right after this is basically uh homer and barney are talking about how great this place is which leads the um the the family having to find babysitting um mm-hmm. a babysitter which is how they turn to patty and selma and they had plans to go see uh Go to a wedding, yeah, um, and basically uh, decide they're going to leave before the the bouquet is tossed, and then we get a, an insight on like their jobs, and like we get to see the DMV, which is always a treat. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know uh, the the Han stuff is great because he obviously can't read at all, um, and uh, I love his little line of like, "But driving is my livelihood." I know, <laughs> I know. The, it's those little like. Like lines that like they don't hit completely like they mm-hmm. would in a later season, but they're just so sweet. They I are. Know. <laughs> and she goes, ah, take it like a man. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. And there's we'll get into it. But but there is um, some kind of dated elements to this, but in a way that it doesn't necessarily distract. And it does make me feel I don't know. It's a very nostalgic episode, I think, in that way of like there's a later Moe's bar joke that is probably problematic um oh, sure homosexual <laughs> but um but then other little jokes like that you're like oh it, it didn't need to be yeah super zingy and super like hey look at me i'm being funny over here yeah so it's actually very sad right out the gate basically selma um is at this wedding and she's uh we get a flashback of how this guy stanley who's getting married uh could have possibly been her husband and he's like a very sweet guy we never see these characters again i'm sure there's fan fiction about them somewhere yeah, and stanley if there isn't Peterson go right it. and selma are being <laughs> shipped somewhere uh, <laughs> um but it is this very it sets up so perfectly what will happen in the ending of like as soon as something is going to work out for Selma, Patty jumps in not really realizing that yeah. she's, or maybe she does realize, but it doesn't stop her. But um, it's it's just this sad thing that leaves her, you know, just distraught. And, and when she's taking care of the kids, her singing Brandy is deeply depressing. I know. <laughs> That's like, who hasn't been there? It is my absolute favorite part of this episode, I have to say, because Brandy is like one of my favorite songs. Yeah. So but good. then like her singing it with that like deep gravelly voice like <laughs> yeah. to a child at like bedtime is just, I love it. Brandy, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. But my life, my love and my lady, 
is the sea. Poor Brandy. I know. It's one of those things, like, it feels more Todd Solonsy than it does feel like Simpsons sometimes, where I'm just like, yeah. oh, God, this hurts my heart. And it's <laughs> so funny in a way where I'm not laughing out loud. Right. But I just remember it, you know? <laughs> that actually is a very good distinction of, like, it's very humorous. Like, yeah. it's not yeah, necessarily yeah. funny, but it's I like, recognize this very is funny humorous. and humorous. <laughs> yeah. And I, I also just love little... So this is actually, I will say, like, I don't remember loving this episode as a kid in the way that I do now. And I'm sure part of it is kind of like, they're all so sad and, like... A lot of women in this episode. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I probably would have thought that as a kid because I was a little sexist brat. Um, yeah. But you I didn't were conditioned. Know it. it wasn't your fault. Thank you, mom. <laughs> what? You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I'm your mommy now. Yay. It's like I'm the All captain women now. are mommy. Mm-hmm. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, but I, I love, of course, Lisa's response. I'm not sure if, if it really hit with both of you guys, but it was just such a <laughs> such a sweet thing. She's always been so grounded and so so mature. Yeah, I don't have the full quote, but I think. I just wrote down the general gist of Lisa asking Selma if she'd ever get married. Why? Do you know anybody? Yeah, yeah. Her desperation is so palpable. And yeah, your your heart just hurts. I mean, this is a different kind of episode where it could have been like Patty and Selma um, babysit the kids and chaos and zaniness ensues. Mm-hmm. But instead Which it's happens like, at Duff Gardens. Yes, it does. Yeah. Which was, I think, in the same season as this one. But yeah, it's it could have been a completely different episode. But instead, it just pulls at those heartstrings. Um, I also wrote in my notes, and then Lisa says some smart shit that's haunting to Selma. Yeah, it's like, I hope that you're like one of the statistically insignificant 40-year-old women who finds love or something. Oh, my God. And the hits just keep on coming throughout the entire episode. I feel so bad for Selma in this episode. My heart hurts, and it's so good. Mm. Uh, So, basically, we get to a point where Selma is saying, you know, she wants a man. And she's, uh, as she has said, she's only going to get, like, fatter, uglier, and older, and asks the request of, um, of of Marge's help. And Marge is such a good sister and, like, so ready to do this, but does recruit Homer to help as well. And uh, we're going to hear a clip right now uh, setting up the distinction between Patty and Selma, which is actually a question many people, sometimes even Josh Weinstein, will have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's play that clip. I want you to find a husband for my sister Selma. Find a husband? Wait, which one's Selma again? She's the one who likes police academy movies and Hummel figurines and walking through the park on clear autumn days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought she was the one who didn't like to be, you know, touched. Mm, It's Patty who chose a life of celibacy. Selma simply had celibacy thrust upon her. But Marge... Homer, you will find her a man. All right. And not just any man. Okay. He should be honest and and caring and well off. And handsome. Hey, why should she have a better husband than you do? <laughs> <laughs> I um, I really love like how on top of each other they are in the dialogue. Yeah, it's so conversational. Mm-hmm. Like so often nowadays, at least, like you'll get people recording things at different times. Like you know, one person will do their stuff, yeah, and then yeah. you know, like we saw how that kind of happened in Arrested Development season four. Like people filmed their things at different time. It mm-hmm. just makes such a difference. Yeah, it's just so natural (laughs) yeah but i mean a scene like this it feels like it would be played well like in a regular sitcom not even just like the simpsons but i always just keep thinking about like the wonder years and like david stern's experience on that like maybe he hadn't completely washed his hands of that and was like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. still in that kind of like writing phase of like how you would construct a scene and totally yeah that was actually one of the things that um briefly came up at lunch because um you know for for those who don't know david stern wrote the wonder years like all of it (laughs) like it's he's amazing and it's (laughs) like no surprise that the most nostalgic show of all time would that 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 writer would end up injecting those things in Simpsons mm-hmm. episodes because mm-hmm. you use the word nostalgic as well like yeah there just is that vi- I don't even know how they like why it would be it's not like I have nostalgia for any of like I didn't grow up at the same time as Patty and Selma but there is this level of like oh yeah totally well, the specificity is universal with that and it's not so much like the specific references it's the feeling of it oh yeah you know those that that heartache feeling that weird relationship that you have with 
uh, an adult um, relative like an aunt or, you know, having that kind of also responsibility to be a good sister. It's it's a lot of really mm-hmm. relatable themes that are playing together in this. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, when when we asked you about this episode, we were kind of talking about like the different movie references uh, in Homer's quest to find oh, a partner. Yeah. Uh, we get a pretty heavy one if you want to speak to that. Yeah. I mean, like that's straight up Terminator. I know. And it's uh, I mean, it's all a visual gag. So there's no obviously no audio clips to play for that <laughs> but it's um i mean the pacing of the the terminator thing is also uh, very true to what the terminator movie was so mm-hmm. you get these things um like uh computer letters showing up on screen where he's like trying to detect a man for for selma but they they show up really slowly mm-hmm, yeah know? and it's when i was watching that i was just like oh my god like the the pacing of this entire show this whole episode is very slow, but this in particular, I'm surprised that it took so long to kind of like put the letters up. Like they were really stretching that gag out, like for. <laughs> but but it's Multiple true to scenes. what it was like for Terminator too, because yeah. it was also yeah. very slow on the on the screen for that. So right. I, it was just, I mean, it's weird. It's weird to see it again, like as an adult. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, also they stretch it out over. It, it was in the nuclear power plant. Then he goes to the Quickie Mart. And then it like lands finally on Principal Skinner, but like like three different locations, three different yeah. locations. That that's a gag that and would have also, been half a scene for half a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was also internal and external Quickie March because there was a stranger. So the people that they go through, uh, the first one oh, right. uh, is Carl, who's too attractive. Con's too attractive. I like that. Uh, Smithers. That was an interesting because they had they had to eventually pay off the homosexual joke, and maybe it wasn't mm-hmm. it, maybe it wasn't clear at this time that there was any type of connection between right. him and. Um, Burns. Um, so his thing was just that he was a jerk, which yeah. is kind of funny. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, oh, that was, huh. They That's didn't know him very well. Yeah. Sign him. yeah, that was the thing. Like, they just didn't know him yet. And you're like, oh, because right. he becomes so much more valuable later on. And Yeah, absolutely. In the He's like you know, such a layered character. We just talked about uh, Lisa versus Malibu Stacy. And like, yeah. he, that's where he kind of really shines in that episode. Um, but I feel like, you know, at this point in time, they were probably like, oh, whoever's like the stool pigeon for the boss is probably going to be an asshole. So let's just <laughs> do that. But I also love the last beat in that. Is it? I forget her name, but the con is not a man. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's um, like Cindy, not a man. Yes, exactly. Um, so we're gonna come back in just a second and talk about the rest of these uh, men that may or may not end up with Selma. Spoiler: They don't. You've probably Whoa. already seen this episode. All right, we'll be right back. Hi guys, this is Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And Maximum Fun is listener supported and it's time to pledge your support. Uh, The Max Fun Drive happens once a year and it is the best shows of the year and we offer great thank you gifts. Uh, It's a celebration of all things Max Fun and it's the best time to sign on as a member. Or if you're already a member, upgrade your membership. You know, I was a supporter of Max Fun before we came on as uh, part of the podcast network and this is actually like my favorite time of the year because um, of the benefits that they would give, the incentives for joining as a member. Why listeners should become a member, there are so many reasons, but, um, you know, we have different monthly memberships that help support our show. And the benefits of contributing is that not only will you feel awesome every time you listen, but you'll help us reach our goal of 25,000 new and upgrading members. And I'm so excited. And I think that we're going to totally make it this year. Definitely. Um, and as I mentioned, great pledge gifts. Amazing pledge gifts. It's honestly very exciting. When we saw what our pledge gift oh was, gosh. we kind of lost our mind a little bit. Yeah. Uh, So the pledge gifts come at uh, $10, $20, and $35 monthly levels, and the higher levels come with very special perks, and uh, you guys can see all the pledge gifts by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Uh, For our show, Everything's Coming Up Simpsons, which we hope that you are supporting, um, we have an amazing Horny Marge pin. So for those that don't (laughs) know, Horny Marge is the favorite character of myself and Julia. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go back to our favorite episodes where we talk talk about her but the idea of Marge with her hair down it is so special I to us it. we love a good horny lady character because it's feminist and because she's it's taking, funny yeah she's taking back the night she's actualized in her own independence and we just love her and and the pin design that they made for this it's like beyond my wildest dreams I'm yeah. so excited so it's about a, uh, an amazing woman and it's designed by an amazing woman her name is Megan Lynn Cott uh, she does designs for the Max Fun stuff and is amazing and you could get this for $10 a month 
month. That's not only getting you this pin, it's helping us keep our show mm-hmm. running as great as it is. Uh, so you guys, please support our show by becoming, by becoming a Maximum Fun monthly member. What you can do is you can contribute to a wide range of levels, as Allie said. So it can even go from $5 a month. That's it. To $200 a month. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, um, but the big ones are the $10, the $20, and the 35 because those are the ones with the incentives as we listed. And um, that there are also, for the current ongoing monthly members, um, I just want to say thank you so much for being awesome. Again, as I said before, we're brand new to this podcast network, but before I was a, a member. I was a supporter and a big fan of a lot of the other shows that are on this network. Judge John Hodgman, Can I Pet Your Dog? Jordan you know, Jesse who, Go. Jordan Jesse Go. Who shot ya? Um, Lady the Lady. Um, I, you know, was so excited knowing that I was helping to, you know, contribute to the production of these great podcasts that, let's be real, get you through the day, get you through traffic, make you feel like you have all of these friends that, you know, um, are there waiting for you every time you turn on your phone. Is that sad? I don't no, think it is. It's I think beautiful. it's great. Yeah, we we love Max Fun so much, and we hope that you will give us your support. Okay, and here is how to become a member. Go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Keep in mind that is org. That name again is MaximumFun.org slash donate. So select the membership level that's right for you. As we said, there are a ton of options to do this. Do what makes the most sense. If it's $5, if it's $200, do it makes sense. So all you have to do is provide your credit card and some basic information, including which Max Fun show you listen to. That's important. We mm-hmm. would love if you could click that you listen to Everything's Coming Up Simpsons because ain't it the truth? Oh, yeah. And so after that, your membership contribution will process automatically each month and you don't have to do anything else unless your card expires and you decide to cancel. Yeah. And if you've been thinking about this for a while, so let's be real, like most often, you know, when it comes to buying and selling stuff, like you have to see a billboard, what, seven times, 10 times before you actually act. This is the time to act. Do it now. So if you've ever listened to a Maximum Fun podcast, if you've enjoyed any of the content that they produce over the years, now is the time to really show your support for the network, for the shows that you love, and um, you know, really reap the benefits of, of these great perks, the pins, the other gifts that they give, um, and help us reach our goal of reaching 25,000 new and upgrading members. And it's just so easy. Just do it now while it's on your mind. You know, you're kind of always on the internet. <laughs> so you're on the <laughs> internet now and you could easily just click over and become a new or upgrade your existing membership to MaxFun and help support a great cause. And we even have gifts for the $5 donations, which includes hours and hours of content. Thank you guys so much. We love you guys. You guys are the best fans. No other no other network does what MaxFun does. And we're so happy to have you guys as listeners. Go go to that website click that link get your pin be horny marge live your life live your life We're back. Hey. Uh, let's get right back into it. We get the uh, Apu moment. I love that his thing is just dangerous profession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pros. Pros. Discounted snack treats. That's a big pro. It, it is. is. Yeah. I love zebra cakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I love that the Laramie's guy, the pro is that uh, he, he smokes. He's a smoker. And yeah. then the con, it's just, just a sign. Just a sign. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Wow. This goes <laughs> out into the world. This is like it's so long. 25% of the episode. <laughs> it is. It, it is. is in saying how long we're here. Um, so uh, meanwhile, we have uh, we have Bart. We're over at uh, Springfield now. Mm-hmm. And uh, if anyone knows the name uh, of the material that yes. he's using, please fill me in. Sodium trisulfate <laughs> bonding with chlorophyll? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love the scene. So basically, Bart, I like that Bart's being a troublemaker and it's kind of pissing the other kids off. Like there's this level like, oh, you're never going to get away with it. Or like yeah. sometimes kids go too far. Like it was just like funny that they're not like... And he originally championing, yes. championing him. Yeah, and and he originally got that material from like a science class, and then got the idea to like do a prank on grass outside of the house. A prank uh, on grass. A prank on grass outside <laughs> of the school. Um, but yeah, so basically, uh, and we, we get a nice little touch of who Skinner is uh, when he says, "Just like I don't care what they say, I still think these are the best tater tots yeah. uh, money can buy." He's so sweet. He is. Would you guys? May I ask? Would you guys ever date Skinner? 
I mean, my, I have to ask my husband. <laughs> yeah. Honey, <laughs> sit down. Well, he's got a steady job. Yeah, yeah, well, we saw what the pros are. I mean, he's got a suit. He hates the boy. Yeah. <laughs> what else was the... Oh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I guess the boy. If, if, so if we're really dipping into this fantasy and Dip. we're like, uh, you know, we live in Springfield... So we on, our or only Shelbyville. choice or Shelbyville could be our only distance. choices for a mate are within those two districts. I guess Skinner is like the most well-adjusted, even though he's emotionally stunted and lives with his mom. He loves his mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, know. I mean, but he doesn't. He's not eligible. an idiot. He's like there's so many adults in Springfield that are incapable and, co- and incompetent of like living true adult lives like Chief Wiggum and Krusty the Clown. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Skinner's probably the most grounded. Yeah. He's uh, content. Aside from groundskeeper. Well, um, but sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, so one thing that is funny is hearing myself speak being like, Oh, I had the three smart women talk about their crushes. <laughs> it's like, no, ladies, we're going to talk about who's cute on the Simpsons. We're not, we're not on the Bechdel cast. We don't need to worry about all that bogusness. This is our show. Yeah, we're talking about Patty and Selma, so this hey, is... as a woman, I choose to talk about who I'm attracted to. <laughs> uh, so I love... So basically, Bart's in trouble, um, and uh, we get the the moment where he has to call uh, Moe's. Mm-hmm. Um, April, do you have any uh, Mo Bart prank calls or memories that come to mind? Or do you? What are your feelings overall in terms of like these moments? I always get so excited when they come up, but they never age that well. But they're so fun. No, yeah, it's kind of. I mean, like it's the same way that I feel about like Cheers, like the the moments where like Norm enters and they mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they always vary what he says. Yeah, you know, I I love <laughs> I love the Norm responses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like the Mo responses as long as I don't think about them too much. Yeah. Like they'll they'll age not do not too well, but in the in the episode I'm I'm okay with them. Right. Anita Bath and homosexual and <laughs> Yeah. When yeah. I was a kid I remember really like digging them though. They're meant yeah. for little kids. Like, yeah, they're playground talk. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Um my favorite line uh so basically when when Homer ends up having to come in. Also I do like just Skinner chewing out Mo. Like that was yeah. pretty funny. But my favorite thing that he says is so Homer's kinda like, what did he do this time? Like who did he hurt? And he's just like, this time the victims are innocent blades of grass, which is like so nerdy. (laughs) Well, then also, I mean, what I loved uh, was in that tater top moment, Skinner sniffs the air and then glances out the window. And that's when he says like, hmm, could that be? And it's the um, shoot sodium tritosulfate. Uh, tritosulfate. I can't even <laughs> bonding with chlorophyll, which is the plants that are ruined. And then of course Bart. We get the big reveal that Bart's spelled Bart in the grass. I like that. Maybe it was a different Me Bart. Me too. I, I there really are no like other Barts. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Only Borts, but not yet. <laughs> not and, for a long time. And then he threatens that he would get the trusty board of education out of retirement, which is like such an old timey school thing. Like, I'm not sure if you had teachers that had like the paddle board and it's oh, like, yeah. there's the board of education. I went to the so. Catholic school. So. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Man, there's There was mm. a threat. <laughs> yeah. My mom went to Catholic school for, I want to say like all of middle school and into high school and she can tell some stories. Yeah. That's resulted in her um, finding quirky nun shit really funny. Does she love Blues Brothers? No, I don't know. But like every office she's ever had has had like nuns having fun calendar and like boxing nuns and stuff like that. It's like her quirky thing. She should see the little hours if she hasn't read. Oh, let her know. (laughs) (laughs) She listens to this. Maybe she'll... Oh, I need to do. Yeah, mom, go see the little hours. Okay. You'll like it. Uh, so, uh, speaking of moms, uh, uh, Skinner's about to meet Bart's mom for dinner. I'm hey, trying. That's really good. No, you're doing a good job. That's uh, great. It's a beautiful segue. I'm winded. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we get the promise of a home cooked meal, um, and we get this cute moment that is like so real, um, and you really only see it uh, pr- pretty rarely of. Um, 
a, a Simpsons child interacting with a teacher outside of school. Um, obviously, we have Lisa and Mr. Bergstrom, um, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, Skinner and Bart later on. Yeah. Um, but it's always such a an interesting feeling that I think everyone would remember of kind of like seeing your teacher outside of school being, or especially a principal. I cannot imagine having to see a principal outside of school, but yeah. like, what a trip. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> having to like have the formalities, but also like, you don't live at school. Like, they're just like, you know, just imagining your teacher having a, a personal life is so crazy. But I love that kind of deal that they have of like, just get in here before no one, like, make sure that no one sees that you're in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, l- I like that too. And I like that throughout the dinner. Of course, around this time, uh, I'm, we're going to bounce around, but. Um, it's the whole setup with Selma is going to be set up with Principal Skinner, but then he just becomes so infatuated with Patty that that's just the rest of the evening. That's it's so, so sad. sad. I also, I love Selma's little um, yarn in her hair. Like I know. that was so cute, or like a little ribbon. It was so cute, though. I I'm going to assume it's yarn just because they're lower middle class, and I know that that's what that's what <laughs> that's kind of like yes, what my you're mom's. Correct. My mom's family, they had like seven kids. They would all use like Christmas bows and yarn as like hair accessories. And it, <laughs> and it trickled down into my upbringing as too. well. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. it was also there, there was a time when shoelaces in your hair was the big thing. Hey, I remember. I remember, <laughs> sister. Um, so it's just kind of cute. And, the, and, you know, per Jordan, they're in different little outfits. Mm-hmm. I love her. I love their date outfits. I think they're their dinner outfits. They're so sweet and like elegant. Um, but of course, he falls in love with Patty immediately. And part of the joke is that Homer isn't able to tell them apart either. Mm-hmm. Um, question yeah. to be girly again: um, Whose hair do you like better, <laughs> Patty or Selma's? <laughs> I like Selma's. I like that little bow. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Oh, anyway, I like <laughs> listeners, yeah. let us know. Yeah. You like the big ball of hair? I did. I liked the, I was just like, yeah, go for it. Just <laughs> oh, like the pile it on top, you know? Um, I love Be Still My Foolish Heart. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, so they hit it off and he asks her out and it really sucks to be in the position of uh, of Selma here. Like, I she know. was just trying to get a date. This uh, The other sister is celibate. <laughs> like, it's, And even you though, know, like, there hasn't been, you know, much interaction or really expression from Selma in any interest in Principal Skinner as, like, a viable candidate. It. She's, I mean, just the fact that she's rebuffed in, in her own setup really blows. And the the way that Skinner is acting throughout the dinner of like just being so blatant in his ignoring of Selma. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Marge is just like, uh, you oh, know, yeah. uh, Selma also hates Egypt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a camel spit on her. Yeah. Um, a camel spit on her. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> and he's just like just boxing her out. It's really shitty. Of course, there is something very obviously funny about like, ignoring a twin of the most beautiful person you've ever met like yeah, it's the yeah. same fucking person you know yeah. like the ugh. i mean sure they have personalities but no mm, it is they? it is very <laughs> sweet that he i i really uh admire that he does like a woman who is like brass and opinionated yeah. and like not this like twee little thing like it, right. it is very charming of of Principal Skinner. Like I really like that about Principal? him. Principal. Principal. It's very principal charming. I can't. I can't shoot for the moon twice. I've. I'm. I'm, I'm uh, flying too close to the sun. <laughs> yeah, and I. I mean, we also see it later, of course, with um, Principal Skinner being attracted to Mrs. Grabapel. I kind of like that there is a consistency, and I'm sure they. He likes grassy, about strong women. Well, yeah. I was. I was going to say. I'm sure they talked about it in the writers' room. Like it's all Agnes Skinner. Yeah. So it's like his mom, he's for just sure attracted to women that like you know tell him what. To do difficult Damn. women. Mm-hmm. They're good. They're They're good. They are good. Yeah, we good. are good. <laughs> yes. yes, I am as well. Good. I'll um, join you on that. Uh, so basically, on the ride home, Patty's kind of uh, getting the heat and says that she's going to cancel. Like she, she's so sweet. Like I feel they're both in an awful situation, uh, and I love that you know Selma saying like, "It's your first date in twenty five years." I think it's a little bit more important than playing hearts with mother, which is also a very sweet thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we get Patty in her beautiful dress when she is achingly beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then we we get the date. Yeah. Uh, so um, let's get this clip of Skinner picking up Patty. Two and two are four. Four and four are eight. Eight and eight are six. Hello? Cherry cordials. I hope you like them. <laughs> yeah, I like them okay. So come on, let's get this over with. Oh, excellent suggestion. I suggest we start with the Springfield Revolving Restaurant. You know, food tastes better when you're revolving. Yeah, right. 
Well, I must say, so far the evening is a big disappointment. Indeed. Truly terrible. Hey, can we get some service over here? Uh, so, uh, did, did you guys know that song that's at the top that he's singing? I love that song. It's Danny Kaye sings it in the movie Hans Christian Andersen. Yes. Oh. And it is my, one of my favorites. I remember my mom used to sing that to me when really? I was a kid. Yeah. So it, it goes exactly along with this kind of nostalgic thing, like this kind of fairy tale, like setup that they have. There's so many different songs that he could be singing. Right. And they chose this one and Aww. it feels so, um, so adorable. Can you, you know? can you explain this song or kind of if you know the the lyrics, kind of what it is speaking to, just for anyone that doesn't already know it? Um, it's uh, the the chorus is inchworm inchworm, uh, and I'm trying to remember what the rest of it is. <laughs> it's been so long since I've actually mm-hmm. seen that movie or heard it, but it's so beautiful. It makes me want to pull it up right now. Yeah. Really. Can I confess something that's going to make me sound dumb? In the moment, as I was watching this, I was like, is he just Humming and making up a song, Aww. reading uh, license plates. <laughs> I thought that's what was happening. Well, his his voice is just so lovely and sweet um, that either way, it would have been a very lovely thing that he was doing. I and it, he was just looking at his license plate and just being like, <laughs> I've got a song in my heart and a skip in my step. And by golly, I'm going to just sing everything I see. Aww. Yeah, I love I don't it. Know. That's, no, I mean, I think a lot of people probably thought that because I don't. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, like, God, Danny Kaye saying that and like. 1960 or something mm-hmm. like that. Like 1952. 1952. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I, unless more people are uh, more versed in classic films than I think, right? Um, then I don't think that it's a like a huge reference. Like they went deep on that, and mm-hmm. I just really appreciated that they did. Yeah, I just I love that, and I'm I'm trying to like dig my memory to figure out like when that song came up in the movie too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like what what that meant and why i think maybe it was like a love story part i don't know Mm, yeah so listeners you should watch that movie if you haven't um and look up the song if you're curious and kind of giving a little bit more depth to this Mm -hmm, episode because mm -hmm. when they do those types of things that like you maybe don't even realize that they are setting up a larger picture for you yeah and so around this time so we we have Principal Skinner picking up uh, Patty on their first date, and then around this time in the episode, we kind of get the beginnings of what is going to be their relationship. And I love the comedy of Patty just not giving a shit throughout the entire time. But then we eventually see that her resolve is kind of broken down a little bit. But oh, it's yeah. so sad when we check in with Selma. I know. So uh, I, I like that, like, what kind of wins her over is uh, basically the uh, waiter is uh, this guy, Jimmy Pearson, who used to be a student of Skinner's. <laughs> and uh, he's just berating him of, like, yeah. tucking that shirt. And uh, just, like, he's 30 years old and still a waiter at a restaurant. And uh, what's funny, too, is, like, in the background of the scene, like, there's a lot happening. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> I love that gag. Someone, someone fill that in for the viewers. I think they go around, because it's a revolving restaurant, and they go around, like, some um, it's like some weird mob squad kind yeah. of scenario with like fire and you know like I I, could, I didn't quite get a good look but it was like some sort of disaster chaos. zone yeah. absolutely okay so people are like uh, a guy's about to jump off a building I think yeah. and then I, there's like people getting hosed down I think of like the build it was like the prison though like yeah I, it was <laughs> yeah oh the penitentiary yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the the movie scene is funny Skinner's trying to get uh, get some pointers from the younger couple ahead of them uh, who pulls the old yawn. And and put the arm around the shoulder. Yeah. And I love that she her response is just like, don't be stupid. <laughs> I love it. It's so fun. And then I think around that time, like later at the end of the night, he says, and it's so silly, but it worked on me, kiss me, Patty. I don't have cooties. <laughs> As if uh, a principal would borrow terminology from, from children. children. <laughs> I, that's not why you become a principal. I, I know that we already said this line, but isn't it nice that we hate the same things is the epitome of most of my relationships. Yeah. Um, I have since uh, shaken that a little bit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean happiness, but at least right. means some brief bonding. Yeah. It's a nice respite from... Positive things. Sure. <laughs> um, and there's always something new to hate. That's what I, I say. I also love the the, the little joke of uh, the reason that Patty can't go out is because she's got a microwave cooking class. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, do you have any uh, like aunts or do you have uh, a lot of female family members that are anything like Patty and Selma? None like them. 
But I have a lot of women in my family. Because mm-hmm. I, I wonder, I wonder for how many people this was an introduction to, like older women that that aren't just like babes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wonder how many people got to kind of experience like, oh, there's a sensitive side to these people that I kind of find a little like, why would I talk to them ever? Like if you're a young boy or a young girl and you don't right, talk to right, any right. older women other than your mom and a teacher that you hate, it's kind of nice to have like a humanizing character, especially in an episode like this. So I'm kind of curious. So listeners, if, if Patty and Selma are the first women in your life that made you think like, oh, wow, they're more than just annoying people that don't shave their legs. Like, <laughs> let us know. There's just going to be a sea of people on Twitter going, yes. <laughs> so we're like, oh, we forgot we what forgot we asked question. because what it is several that? weeks later after we recorded this. So while you guys hashtag send us yes. <laughs> while you guys send us hashtag yes, uh, we're gonna take a break. Hi guys, this is Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And Maximum Fun is listener supported and it's time to pledge your support. And here's what you guys can expect by being members. So for $5 a month, you get exclusive bonus content. You guys love these shows and everything that you're already getting. Uh, By having $5, you get awesome new content, including our live show, which we are super excited to share with you guys. So for $10 a month, you guys get the drive-exclusive enamel pin designed by Megan Lynn Cott. It is the Horny Marge pin, and it is our favorite thing we've ever seen. It is so cool, and it is exclusive to MaxFun people. We were, we will not sell this to anyone. No one else will ever get this. If you walk around with a Horny Marge button, everyone will know you are the coolest person. I love the design for this Horny Marge thing. I mean... It looks like it's like a cool punk band. It does. Like you can walk around Portland and people be like, oh, what is that? And you can tell them, I got this from Maximum Fun. It's from Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. And I also probably, if I'm walking around Portland, I look like I'm in a band. So it's going to work full circle. <laughs> exactly. And so for $20 per month, you guys are going to get the Max Fun Family Cookbook. This is lovingly curated by the Max Fun hosts and contains dozens of recipes from cocktails to desserts and everything in between. Uh, Julia and I are going to be coming up with a recipe as well. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Uh, it's going to be so cool. I can't think of anything better than like curated recipes from I people know. you love. Like, what a fun idea. And there's a bonus set of a handsome space-themed cookie cutter. I Come love the word on. handsome to describe these. They're so fun. <laughs> Me too. So for $35 per month, you are going to get a one liter juice carafe beautifully and permanently engraved with the Max Fun Rocket logo. And you know what, Julia? It's not just for juice. No, I know. It's great for tastefully displaying all beverages. Listen, I almost drank out of one of these when we started recording earlier today. I can't blame you. It's so cool. I wanted so it to cool. be my own goblet. And you could have it be your own goblet by mm-hmm. becoming a member who pledges $35 per month. It's so, and it's got that really great, I love the logo of Maxphone, so it's got that on the side of it. And I could also see this um, being like a good vase, too. Oh my God, put some dang flowers in this. Put some class in your home. (laughs) Get in there. You're an adult. You need to be doing it. Uh, So if if you're hearing about all these great prizes and wondering, like, how do I do this? Here's how. Uh, Go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and select the membership level that is right for you. Provide your credit card and some basic information, including which Max Fun shows you listen to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything's coming up, Simpsons. And voila, you're a member. And your membership contribution will process automatically each month, and you don't have to do anything else unless your card expires or you decide to cancel. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Like you don't even have to think about it. You've you've got the benefits. You've got the bonus content. Um, I also love like the higher up you go, the cooler the prizes seem to be because you get all of that. But then for fifty a month, you get a metal engraved Max Fund membership card, which just looks really dope. If I may, I don't often roll out the word dope, but it, <laughs> this applies to it. It feels like a James Bond villain kind of thing, but in a good way. I love it. So. Listeners, please support your favorite shows by becoming a Maximum Fun monthly member. You can contribute $5 a month up to $200 a month. It doesn't matter. Do what's good for you. There are prizes at every level, uh, but we have those $10, $20, and $35 prizes that we told you about. Uh, This is for ongoing monthly members, but you could also just be renewing your membership, however you want to do it. Mm -hmm. We just want to thank you for being a fan. This is the best way to, you know, support your shows and to feel supported as a listener. So Mm -hmm. go to maxfun.org. Slash donate and get your prizes. Oh, yeah. And we're back. 
Hi. Hi. How's everyone doing? Hi. I'm doing all right. Well, I'm so glad because <laughs> because Selma isn't. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is when we lose it. Uh, so basically, we get we get like such a sweet um, date scene here. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey, April, warm us up by talking about this date scene uh, and the pop culture references in it. Shit. Okay, (laughs) so, like, let's get into the hunchback um, because there is a really great uh, moment where he's kind of carrying her up this, you know, bell tower. Mm -hmm. And he... um, have you guys seen The Hunchback of Notre Dame? And she's I'm, not talking the Disney one. No, no I've not. not. <laughs> However, I was yes. going to say I'm a, I am was a big Vertigo head when I was uh, yeah. young. For some fucking reason, like smart, in high school. Smart girls love Hitchcock. Yeah, but I, I had like a huge Vertigo poster in my room uh, and like watched it a bunch. I just felt like that was the best one for it, a while. It is. Yeah. So that's where I'm coming yeah, Fun. and you know, Vertigo is like a little bit earlier in the episode, and that one, um, it's it's a lot of bell tower things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like apparently there's a lot of bell towers in movies. Can you explain that to people that maybe don't remember or even haven't seen Vertigo? What happens in the Simpsons episode? Oh God, I mean, could you imagine if people watched Vertigo because they saw this episode? <laughs> like, that's amazing to me. I would love it. I, it's a real thing. I would love that. So mm-hmm. uh, let me tell you about Vertigo in this show. <laughs> um, yeah, so he climbs the the bell tower. You know the another bell tower scene and um as he's looking down into the into it like it gets be um like further and further away you know you get like a a shallow focus to a very deep focus mm-hmm. and um that is just recreating a scene from um from that film where the lead character has vertigo hey Whoa. i think i get it yeah, yeah. and, and um, i see what they were doing there <laughs> And becomes very dizzy, and and it, it's also a film about uh, two women who look exactly the same, mm-hmm. and so there's the this kind of twin thing that's happening yeah. in Vertigo too, which is a it's a great reference to have for this for this episode. Mm-hmm. I love it. Everything feels like really kind of windswept and romantic, even like the yeah. animation. You know, like there's wind in their hair, and it feels like it's fall or something. And Alf Clausen does like the best like score under this. Like the music during all of this is so pretty. Yeah, it's a bummer that he's not around anymore. It's, oh, man, the whole you know, thing right? is just so well constructed. Like, you have such an atmosphere and a feeling, mm-hmm. which I'm going to say, I mean, like, I love later seasons of The Simpsons, but I I also am just, like, just the slower pace of just m- making me feel something. Totally. Yeah, completely. And there's a lot of really great, like, imagery in this episode. I mean, we'll get to it, but there's a really great sunset coming up around this time. Yeah. But also, like... I, I feel like they the bell tower is like a part of Springfield Elementary that they did not return to very often after this season, I yeah. want to say. Yeah. And I kind of like that it's almost a joke in and of itself that it's there. You know, it's just like this like yeah. go-to geography gag. But I like it and I like... I mean, it's interesting to me. makes sense that, that Skinner would be so attracted to Patty... Um, kind of crazy that he just up and proposes, but whatever. When you know, you know. I suppose. I yeah. suppose. Um, when you know, you know. I love their. I love their one kiss of just mm-hmm. like. But don't tell your friends that you know you got lucky. But oh yeah, I, yeah. The, the visual, the drawing of how they kiss is so yucky. I know because I it's still through love the it. peephole in the door. Oh yeah, because the fish islands kind of thing look yeah. that they have going on. Yeah, poor Selma <laughs> having to watch that. I know, and then around this time, you know. Selma's really sad and the kids are over at their place and she goes come cheer up your Aunt Selma tell me what you learned in school today and I think it's Lisa it's Bart oh Oh, sorry it's Bart 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 says Principal Skinner's gonna ask Aunt Patty to marry him and then her cigarette just like falls out of her mouth (laughs) it's such a good visual thing like I I actually uh do people rewind things? Is that what you say? I backed yeah. it up. Okay, yeah. so I I don't know it, that backed it up it means back. what you yeah. think it means. <laughs> <laughs> you back scrolled. <laughs> but I just love that that one little hint of like the ash falling. Like it's just I it's know. such a good like visual indicator of like how dejected she is, and it's just so simple. I love it. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So actually, right before this is one of my favorite moments of the whole episode. It's basically so we check we check in on Bart again, and he's kind of up to uh, up to no good, and he's. Uh, I've never heard of such a thing. I know, and he's uh, <laughs> he's putting graffiti on a wall. Ah. Um, I'm sure there's a better way to say that, but I don't know it. And uh, <laughs> he's drawing a lady with boobs, and the kids are kind of just like, oh, you're going to get in trouble. He's like, I own Skinner figure. now. Yeah. yeah, so it's a stick figure with boobs, and uh, Skinner 
Skinner sees it and immediately imagines uh, the same stick figure body, but with Patty's head. It's so silly. Such a good visual. Yeah, it's so silly. Oh, I love, I love it. it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then also around this time, so, you know, I, I, I feel like, and, and forgive me, I didn't quite write down all of the specific details, but there's still the case of Selma. There's still the case of Marge wanting Selma to be happy. Mm-hmm. And so around this time, I believe, like, uh, Barney becomes like the last bachelor for her to connect with. Yeah, her whole thing is kind of just like you know, uh, Homer. Homer still has to find a person. They're trying to keep it optimistic, and uh, he's saying, you know, sure, there are plenty of fish in the sea, just no bait. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's being pretty cruel. That was mean. I remember like writing. I was just like mean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty Rude. awful. Yeah. Um, they had such a contentious relationship for such a long time at the beginning, and that kind of like ex- it stayed, but it wasn't like they were kind of enemies to Homer for a while. Yeah. Like in the IOU episode, um, mm. it gets pretty gnarly. But um, you know, that's kind of why you have episodes like this to kind of show them the show the other side of them. But um, in this moment, we have uh, him decide to get Barney on the line. So let's hear that clip. Homer. Lighten up. You're making happy hour bitterly ironic. Uh, Mo, I gotta find a date for my big, fat, snotty sister-in-law, Selma. Hey, I'm intrigued. What does Selma look like? Uh, like my wife's ugly sister. Wheel her in, Homer. I'm not a picky man. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. And their date, um, their date ends up being uh, interesting. I love that outfit. Uh, that there's a lot of great outfits. <laughs> a lot in of great episode. outfits. It's like slutty. Jordan Morris would be very pleased. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got some nice curves. Yeah, <laughs> she knows how to work them. But yeah, it's um, man. It, but it's still like it's a sad thing of like knowing that she's still being pawned off and. Meanwhile, Principal Skinner and Patty are like in paradise. Yeah, well, so uh, we we get that uh, that chemical that you know the name of that I don't remember. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, make her say it again. Say it. Okay. <laughs> uh, here we go. Um, say it. Sodium trihydrosulfate <laughs> bonding with chlorophyll. Exactly. So there, there he is. does that to to spell out marry marry me, Patty, which is so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, would smell bad, but it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so she obviously is taken aback by this and is, is able to say kind of like, you know, it's not that I don't love you. It's like, you love me. Oh, Kalu God. Kalei. Oh, oh, God. God. He's so <laughs> pathetic in this. Um, and then uh, this moment is, uh, is, is so sweet. And we're, we're going to play it right now. Farewell, my patty cake. Good night, sweet principal. Oh, Springfield Elementary, I will have you back again. After all, tomorrow is another school day. So who who can tell us what happened there <laughs> or what oh, it's shit. referencing? A like bird a... swooped in, picked up Principal Skinner, and took him away. <laughs> <laughs> like within such a short time, you have both a Hamlet reference and a and a Gone with the Wind reference, yeah. and then just every single uh, film that they they put into this like episode is just all about like lovers who were never meant to be. Yeah. It's so ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I know they get. Like pump in so much story in such a short amount of time, and I guess it's like part of the joke too. Later with the proposal being so like immediate, um, but I love this moment. I and I mentioned it earlier, but I love the way that like it's this gorgeous sunset too that's really cinematic in this mm-hmm. moment in the episode, and he's like screaming to the heavens, which is like something that only happens in like the most melodramatic you know pieces of cinema. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, but they go to it a lot in in the show as a whole. But I, I love it, and it almost made me like I had to pause it and go, wait, there's still more episode left because it felt so final. The animation, the direction of this um, is so gut-wrenching and like i i cried watching this episode like having like first of all the simpsons at nighttime yeah very fun that's um, our other podcast simpsons at nighttime <laughs> simpsons <laughs> after dark 
Ah, so basically, uh, hello, mother dear. But basically, um, <laughs> we we get this uh, this mirror shot, and I posted it on Twitter because I couldn't wait. Um, of, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Patty, just, <laughs> I was sifting through Twitter in my mind just now. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> so it's very exciting for our, for our listeners. But, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Patty drives off, and you could see Skinner kind of like heartbrokenly like well at this time stoically waving in the mirror goodbye and then he starts to cry and it's just like what a man Uh, mm -hmm. what a good 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 man i love him so much yeah this is like his most independent episode like usually he has an episode where he's like in the shadow of dealing with his mother or in the shadow of another character but it feels like he's pretty actualized in this episode of like making his own choices and being this like grown-ass adult and I guess that's sort of what I was picking up on on him being like the most well-adjusted grounded member of Springfield at least in this episode he's like I'm pursuing what I want and trying to find love even if it's like completely batshit delirious yes totally so we get we get basically that Bart has to now plant all the seeds again um, Mm -hmm. and replace the stuff but um I love the Barney thing of like so basically Selma leaves the date mm-hmm. and we just have uh, Barney just like she broke my heart Mo oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh you know uh, time heals all wounds and he's just like well what do you know <laughs> and look this leader's just for me or a pitcher just for me I love it it's so sweet and it it's kind of optimistic in a weird way oh yeah I love his drunken optimism there's uh, something where he it's it it's not everything's coming at Millhouse it's most often everything's coming up Barney. <laughs> um, so, uh, April, are there any references that we missed in this? Um, did, did we cover them all? Did we get to... I feel like... Oh, man. I don't know. There might be some even deep secret ones. I, I feel like there could be deeper ones on this one just because it's so... It is denser than you think it is. I mean, I know they spend half of the episode on Terminator, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's very interesting because, like, you you wouldn't think of this episode and think, what a pop, cu- what a pop culture-y episode because it doesn't feel like fanfare. Yeah. They're only using it to really tell a story even better than they could have without it. It's very, yeah. very interesting. But it's much more... I mean, I, I, one of the reasons I obviously chose it is because it is very cinematic in a way. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's fun to see... Uh, an animated show that's just like a half hour that is attempting to do kind of cinematic things yeah. in the direction and the writing and all of that. And and they did, mm-hmm. especially in the direction. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like to this day, there aren't a lot of shows currently on that like try to emulate that in the same way. I feel yeah. like they opened the door and then, you know, there was a lot of divergences with like Family Guy just being a little more sitcom mm-hmm. than, you know. Um, than The Simpsons ever really were. And Bob's Burgers is its own thing. But I feel like there hasn't quite been, maybe with the exception of like some adult swim shows, but yeah. they're kind of in their own category. Like Samurai Jack is very cin- cinematic. Samurai but it's, it's playing a different game, you know? Yeah. Not trying to do a mainstream thing. I'm, I feel bad for listeners who are like, oh, I wanted something about only comedy. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world where things are like pretty sad. <laughs> it's uh, a part of life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we like to close off the episode, uh, close up the episode. We don't close off anything here. We're very open people. Uh, <laughs> I'm we... so glad you clarified. Oh, God. Oh, God. Now we're going to get hashtag no on top. Of the hashtag, yes, and I just can't live with that. Uh, if you are going to say hashtag no, help me know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so basically, what is a lesson that you think uh, a, a viewer can gain from this episode of the show or a listener can gain from our conversation today? What can people learn from this? Oh, man, from the show? I feel like you have to hold on to the good bonds because mm-hmm. those are those are the strongest ones and even That's if something new is and it rhymes yeah yeah it does <laughs> oh man i love that that's you got to hold on to the good gotta, bonds what more could you say to that nothing nothing <laughs> The show's over. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I turned this into like an episode of like Punky Brewster or something. Uh, no, like, no, 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 no. This is exactly the way it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts on this episode? Um, no, I just, I think I just hope that people revisit it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that they, they revi- revisit with a, a renewed um, uh, appreciation of what went into making this, even if it's not just like humdingers <laughs> For every sure. second, you know? I, I love it. encourage people to watch the whole second season. Um, just as a whole going from start to finish because I feel like I mean it's it's 
it's so different than the first season and it's so different than the third. It's like in this weird kind of groove of them trying and taking risks and mm-hmm. then having dancing Homer. That's in there too. <laughs> yeah, so uh, for for our for the fans of the show that don't necessarily listen or like watch the earlier episodes, um, I think that it would be safe to say that the David M. Stern episodes are going to be the ones that you like the most, and that I mean they're they're all so special and wonderful, but like these might be the ones that are like a great intro. So if you're one yeah. of those people that only like seasons four through eight, that's fine. But also give yourself a treat and watch this episode because it's great. Um, and April, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this episode. Where can people find you and your stuff, and what do you have to plug? Oh, well, I host a podcast, as you said, called Switchblade Sisters, where I invite female filmmakers on to talk about their favorite genre films. Um, so we get into film craft and fandom. Nice. Um, and uh, I'm also on the Maximum Fun show, Who Shot Ya, hosted by Ricky Carmona, talking more movie yeah. stuff. Awesome. Um, the first time that we actually saw you, I don't think that I got to meet you, was at Max Fun East, and we were watching... MacGruber. Uh, MacGruber. Oh, MacGruber. Yeah. That was actually my first time seeing MacGruber. And I love it. It's a perfect film. Yeah, I'll never um, look at celery the same again. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I get <laughs> I get really nerdy at this, but like the film craft of that movie. Yeah, you, like Mwah. it's fucking deep. It's I think so about good it all the time because I um I feel in my bones. I've never done this before, but I feel in my bones that I'm destined to write an action comedy feature. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, why not? I just feel like you could do a, a lot show. of a lot cuz I normally write yeah. for TV and and a lot of my writings kind of hinge a little bit more on like a cinematic actiony kind of thing. But what you said about MacGruber in that they were from the start saying we're making a straight action movie that happens to be a comedy or like really going hard on the action stuff that I haven't stopped thinking about that when it comes to like writing action stuff. So do that's sort it. Of, do the it. area I'm coming from with it. Do it. Yeah, yeah. and then come on that. Switchblade Sisters. I'm, okay. I'm on a, a one-woman quest to turn every every uh, female-identifying person in the world into a genre film fan. I'm, okay. I Hello. love genre yeah. film, and I think there's a space for us there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. Uh, Julia, where can people find you? Uh, thanks so much for asking. I'm at Julia Prescott on all the things. Allie, where can people find you? Thank you so much for asking. You can find me at Allie Gertz and all the things. You can find us, Everything's Coming Up Simpsons, at Simpsons Pod and obviously on Maximum Fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everything's Coming Up Simpsons is a production of Max Fun, and our show is engineered and edited by Jesus Ambrosio. Senior producer is Laura Swisher. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. See you later. later. <laughs>